For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But at the end of the day, we've always found ways to come together. We can find that unity again. And the message said, end of message. Sean <laughs> Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. E-doggy. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. That was your president. Some of you people voted for that. Most of you didn't, but some of you did. Uh, at the Bob Dole memorial service yesterday, and uh, he's reading his speech. And I guess, right, Chris, at the very end. <laughs> it's... It's sad and funny at the same time, man. It must it must have said end of message. And he read it. And he you know what's even funnier about that is he read it with the same intonation he's reading everything else. Like very you know melodramatically. And the message said end of message. Like in his mind you know he's just reading the words, man. He didn't even it didn't click in his mind at all. That that didn't make any damn sense in regards to anything else he was saying, right? End of message. End of message. Yeah, I wonder if somebody got fired. Because you know, like, the staff is just going, oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Didn't we all agree we weren't going to put end of message at the end of the speeches from now on? Who's responsible for this? And I told Trey, like, I'd like to, I'd like to be able to hack into, you know, whoever, whoever's computer is used to type these things out or is, is teleprompter, right? And put random crap in there, like reach up and pick your nose, scratch your boob, you know, something like that, or nice boobs, honey. Wouldn't that be funny? Because if if he if he'll read end of message and not know that he's reading a, a, an instruction that it's over, <laughs> then certainly you could slide other things in there, right? That uh, that he would not know were not part of the, the speech. Bob Dole was a true patriot. Hey, nice boobs, sweetheart. You know, I mean, that would be funny as hell, wouldn't it? I'm just saying. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Uh, Jesse Smollett, uh, convicted of, what, five of six counts of lying to the police for uh, faking an attack on himself, a racist, homophobic attack on himself. Uh, his lawyer still maintains he is 100% innocent. Jesse, Jesse Smollett is now a convicted felon. Um. Uh, you know, this is so bizarre on so many different levels, and uh, I, I mean, I'm glad that the jury came back with a with a guilty verdict. Uh, I, you know, the evidence clearly showed that he, that he had staged this whole thing. Uh, the only count that uh, he was acquitted of was the sixth count of lying to a detective in mid February, uh, weeks after he said he was attacked. And there's just something pathetic about, well, this isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened. Uh, obviously, it's the most, high, it's the highest profile uh, example of this. But there's just something really pathetic about it because of the lengths he went to, to, uh, to perpetrate this, this, this lie. And, and how noxious and nauseating all of the commentary at the time was. I mean, everybody was on his side. Oh, he's, Oh, he's a victim. Oh, Michelle Obama had some chick call him up and, oh, you know, you got to do something about these, uh, these people who are saying this stuff about him. And, oh, it's just, MAGA people are so freaking racist. See, if it's a lie that you like, if it's a lie that supports your bullcrap, you'll just glom onto it. MAGA hat wearing weirdos, you know, traipsing around Chicago in the middle of the night on what I understand to be one of the coldest nights of the year. 
Just looking for a black gay guy, right? Just looking for a black gay guy. Uh, the you know because I I always thought the story was insipid to begin with. Like two dudes are just strolling around Chicago, one of the most dangerous cities in the in the universe. Are they going up to black dudes and saying, "Hey, are you gay?" Because we're going to mess you up if you are. It never really made any stinking sense. Now, and, and the other question, I asked this on Where and Rima earlier, you know, and I'm going to ask it again uh, here. You know, you look at it's a young, reasonably successful black man, right? He's uh, he's in a he's in a pretty uh, popular TV show, yeah. And uh, he perpetrates a race and uh, hate a hate crime, basically because he's black and he's gay against himself. What would Martin Luther King think about something like that? What would Martin Luther King think about something like that, uh, having given his own life, fighting people who actually did that sort of thing? And worse. You know, I think he'd be disgusted by it. I mean, I'm not, I can't speak for him, obviously. But certainly he would be, he would be deeply disturbed by somebody perpetrating a race crime against themselves. Here's Isaac. Isaac, how you doing? Hey, man, what's going on, man? Hey, so uh, one idea that somebody should put into the end of uh, Joe Biden's speech at the very end is I resign. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get him out of there, tack that at the end of the next speech. Oh, and by the way, I resign my, my, my position as president of the United States effective immediately. Yeah. That's brilliant, dude. Just wanted to pass that along. Thank you. <laughs> That's how you get rid of them. It's that simple. You just tack right down. You just tack that on at the end of the speech. Well, here's the thing. It's going to happen one of these days. What? Someone's going to Someone's going to do that. You know? <laughs> it's going to get through proper channels without being noticed. Right. And he's going to wrap his speech saying, I just made a boom boom. <laughs> I just made a boom boom. <laughs> and hilarity will ensue. I just so. filled my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Two farts have lumps. <laughs> Champ. <laughs> Tack that one on the end of a speech. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Farts have lumps. What is wrong with you? God almighty. <laughs> Boy, my diaper sure is itching. You know, just throw throw stuff like that in there. Because he would read it just as seriously, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe he'd do the whisper thing, you know, for the final line. Put in parentheses, whisper, this yep. next part. I just farted, champ. I did. Or he says I some, farted. Says some word completely out of context. He wraps up his speech and goes, ravioli. <laughs> Albatross. <laughs> Albatross. <laughs> Albatross. Yeah, I knew it was coming. As soon as you said Albatross, here we go. <laughs> Albatross. Uh, two one zero five nine nine. Two farts have lumps. That's a that's a good old line from my my mentor in radio. Actually, that was one of his favorite lines. Oh man, because he would fart and burp and didn't care who heard him. Yeah, he was a classy dude. My mentor, <laughs> my, my Jedi master is <laughs> your Jedi master. <laughs> he, he let one go and he and out loud and they'd say that and look around. You know, ducks. <laughs> um, There's a duck under you. Ducks. Uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Obviously, it's Friday, and obviously, I'm just screwing around till the weekend. Uh, you know, we, we got some stuff to talk about. Alec Baldwin apparently has PTSD. Alec Baldwin has PTSD, according to his wife. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? Oh, the, the, the mayor of uh, Dallas had some really interesting things to say about Matthew Dowd. And I'll tell you about that stuff uh, uh, coming up here in a little bit. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. And anything else you want to talk about? We kind of play it fast and loose on uh, on Fridays. So if there's anything you stinking want to talk about, stinking call me up and stinking talk about it. I don't care what it is. The economy, inflation. You know what you had for breakfast. We always try to loosen it up just a just a wee bit on uh, on Friday. So give me a call two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It is Sean Rima on Newstalk five fifty KTSa. 
San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back 21 minutes after 9. On the Sean Sean, I'm Sean. Hi. How the hell are you? Let's go to the phones. Here's Austin. Austin, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? I got a quick question for you. Sure. What if one of these two patriots that wrote those speeches actually got him to resign? And uh, Kamala went to this type of funeral and just started laughing. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's the bad thing. If he resigned, then it's President Kamala. I know. That's even well, worse, man. Knows who's actually like controlling these dudes because he's obviously he can't think on his own. Yeah, he can't. Who's the real president here? <laughs> I really don't know. I don't either, man. I'd like to find out. Me too. Hey, brother, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know, man. Who's, uh, he sure as hell ain't running the country. Here's Alex. Alex, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. I hope you have a nice weekend. I just wanted to bring to note, I was over at the e-bike store the other day on Broadway. Right. And it turns out when they show old man Biden on that bike, he's actually still wearing his tidy suit, foo-foo pant boys on and the bike is an e-bike. They tell him he's coming near the camera to start pedaling. They always show him ride by, and then the camera's done. It's an e-bike. He's not riding. He's not actually That's riding a bike? bike. All right, I got to go. It's always an adventure with Alex, isn't it, Chris? It's always a nice little adventure with Alex. Never know exactly what's going to happen. Let's go to Tony. Tony, how are you? Okay. Hey, uh, the first place I commend uh, Denzel Washington for his statements about his uh, beliefs. Right. Uh, those are very few people who will come out and do that, you know. Well, what he saw, uh, we talked about this last hour. Uh, he did an interview with the New York Times where he's talking about his Christian faith, right? And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, I just wish more people would come out uh, and, and show that, uh, that side of them, their Christian faith uh, side. Just, I, I wish the Congress would do that. Uh, as well as the presidents and all that. I wish they would tell these people when they're lying, you know, hey, put your hand on the Bible and swear to God that you're telling me the truth, you know. And well, they refuse to put their, their, their hand on the Bible, you know they're not telling you the truth, okay? Well, if it's a, I appreciate the call, man. If it's a politician and their lips are moving, you pretty much know they're not telling you the truth. Yeah, Denzel, I, I've been a fan of Denzel for a long time. I, I, it's just a solid actor. He rarely does a crappy movie, you know what I mean? And, yeah, he's being interviewed by Matt, uh, Maureen Dowd. And he says, I'm a God-fearing man. I try not to worry. Fear is contaminated faith. Uh, he says, uh, you know, his, his grandmother uh, and his mom, you know, were a big part of his growing up. And uh, they were both uh, Christians. He went to church. And uh, in Hollywood, it's it's rare that you, you see... Uh, a, a a somebody from that community talk about their faith. Usually, it's the opposite, right? Usually, it's the opposite. They're talking about how Jesus sucks and the Bible sucks, and it's Christians are awful, evil, racist people. So it is refreshing because I think he's Denzel, and he just don't care what you think. Uh, he says, if you don't have a spiritual anchor, you'll be easily blown by the wind, and you'll be led to depression. And then he starts asking her if she's read the Bible. Have you read the Bible? Start with the New Testament because the Old Testament is harder. You get caught up in the who begot, who begot, who thing. It's brilliant. And uh, and he starts talking about, uh, uh, well, he starts talking about the end times. I'm not a big end times guy, but he starts talking about the end times. He says, uh, the enemy is the inner me. The Bible says in the last days, I don't know if it's the last days. It's not my place to know, but it says we'll be lovers of ourselves. The number one photograph today is a selfie. That's me at the protest, me with the fire. Follow me. Listen to me. We're living in a time in a time when people where people are willing to do anything to get followed. What is the long or short term effect of too much information? It's going fast, and it can be manipulated, obviously, in a myriad of ways, and people are led like sheep to slaughter. Rock on, Denzel. You know, I was telling Trey about this. I don't think you'd seen the movie, but have you, have you ever seen the movie Book of Eli, The Book of Eli? Is that not a phenomenal movie? I was going to say, he read the 
Bible in Braille. Well, don't tell people if they haven't seen it. Oh, it's an old movie. Well, that's true. If you haven't seen it by now, well, Trey has it. Deserves. Trey, forget what he just said. If you're listening, <laughs> but it's a really cool movie. It's a little dark, but it's Gary Oldman's a bad guy. Well, if Oldman's in it, it's bound to, well, yeah. bound to be a little left of center, don't you think? Usually, yeah. <laughs> Sid Vicious there. Yeah, he's a great um, actor. That, yeah. Oh, he that, is that a great movie's actor. loaded with great actors. Yeah. And Denzel plays sort of this one. It's the apocalypse, right? It's after right. society has fallen for whatever reasons. Right. And Denzel it, it has the last Bible. Mm-hmm. And he's protecting the last Bible. And uh, and Gary Oldman has been sending his guys out because Gary Oldman, figured he's kind of the... Robber Baron, or, or or you know, leader of or running the guy that runs this crummy little town with all his thugs, and uh, uh, he's he sends him out to like old closed out bookstores and stuff. He's trying to find a Bible, and Denzel has the last Bible. It's a really cool movie if you've never seen it, The Book of Eli. It is a good one. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I haven't seen it in many years, but I did enjoy it. That's it was what... very. It was you know it was deep and dark, but you know I. There were parts of it that were uplifting. Yeah, and it's got a very positive ending, in a sense. That's one of those movies that, it's not that I I seek it, but if it comes on, I'll sit and watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just forget what Chris said, that's all. Just forget what Chris said. And here's the thing with Denzel. If you haven't seen it, forget what Chris said. The thing with Denzel is everything he set out to accomplish in his career, he's done it. Yeah, he has. He has probably, he has to be one of the most accomplished, career-wise, accomplished actors of our generation. Well, he's he is. He's a bunch of great movies. He's won the Academy Award. And at the end of the day, he's still better looking than all of us. You know? <laughs> he so, is. <laughs> he's Denzel. <laughs> so I think he's going to be okay. Yeah. And, and the thing I like about Denzel is he don't care what you think about what he says. Not at all. Because he doesn't toe the sort of the usual line in Hollywood right. on a lot of things. You know what? The only movie I've, I've Training Day. Oh, God. Oh, that's God, a good movie. That was phenomenal. Great film. And uh, American Gangster is probably my yeah. favorite one of his. He was right. Frank Lucas. He was brilliant, man. Yeah. He's got a list of great movies. He just walks up and caps that guy yeah. in the street. <laughs> he gets up from his lunch. And then he pays him. And then he pays him. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Denzel. Anyway, 21059. And you have to say it that way, right? Denzel. Denzel, you rock, Denzel. And you have to fan yourself when you say his name like Denzel. all the ladies do. Oh, yeah. Denzel. Ooh, Denzel. Ooh. Yeah, I always go back to the original when he was in Glory. Yeah. Oh, God, that's yeah. a great flick. I watched that just a few months ago. That's a rough watch, but, man, that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. <laughs> do you think you going, player? Come again, come again. We feds now, which means I can violate every last one of your civil rights. Now drop them drawers, Denzel. <laughs> News Talk 550 KTSA. What was that from? <laughs> That's soul play. That's hilarious. Denzel. Yeah, women love Denzel, man. All women love Denzel. New song, 550 KTSA. That's true, though. You know I mean? I, I got a really weird story I'm going to tell you about here in a second, but since we're talking about Denzel. All the ladies like Denzel. Who, what chick doesn't dig Denzel, man? My wife likes Denzel. Everybody's wife likes Denzel. <laughs> Denzel's wife probably really likes him. You yeah, know? Probably, yeah. He's one of those guys, if you stand next to him, you feel, think to yourself, man, I am ugly. I'm just, I'm just not here. I don't exist. <laughs> I couldn't be more invisible if I tried. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just Mr. Cellophane, Mr. Cellophane. Everyone's looking at Denzel. Everybody's looking at Denzel. <laughs> Hell, I'm looking at Denzel. Right? Man, I want to pinch his butt. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Now, I took a lot of crap for this story earlier in the day. No, but I still say this is the. Luckiest dude on planet Earth. Oh, this velvet oh, guy with the yeah. Okay, Anna and Lucy DeSink from Perth, Australia. It was the worst Australian accent I've ever done. Uh, Anna and Lucy DeSink. They're both thirty-five and they are identical twins. Uh, they have earned the world title of um, most identical twins. 
because they they dress alike, they shower together, they measure out the exact same amount of food, they eat the same amount of food. They're going to be featured, or they already have been featured, on some damn TV show. Uh, in fact, there's a, a YouTube, uh, the, the Learning Channel, because that's a, that's what the Learning Channel's all about, right? Freaks and weirdos. And uh, they are, are going to be featured, I guess there's a, a show on the Learning Channel called Extreme Twins. So they dress alike, they look alike, and frankly, they're quite attractive. There's kind of a downside to that, though. Why, why? Because every time one of them stubs their toe, the other one has to. <laughs> Dude, they, they, <laughs> ow, or gets a paper cut. Yeah. Hey, it's your turn. Splinter uh, time. Well, there's four things I like about these chicks, and uh, oh my god. Well, and they have a, a fiance, man. Say one guy, one finance guy, a finance, a yeah, finance, a finance. Ben Byrne, he's 40 years of age, and I got this story from the Daily Mail. And I'm sorry, I just want to high-five the guy. Like, well, well yeah. done, dude. High 10. High 10. Well, you, you, we would like to high-five him, but he's probably taking a nap. He looks, in this picture, he looks really tired. Yeah. Now, one thing I'll say about our friend Mr. Byrne here, who is the finance, uh, the finance. <laughs> <laughs> the finance, eh? The finance, eh, <laughs> of these two weirdos. He's no Denzel. He's no Denzel. Right. And he probably doesn't have much to say about his own life. Yeah, probably. I, they're very attractive. Both of them. They all sleep together, I guess. They are currently trying to get pregnant at the exact same time. So, yeah, he's probably somewhat tired. Mm-hmm. But I, they look a... I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm being a jerk now, but they look a little high-maintenance. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe they're a high-maintenance pair of chicks, just a smidge? So what I'm saying is, while I, I admire him <laughs> for his accomplishment... <laughs> Come on, we've all thought about it at least once. Come on! Well, Don, I'm not going to try to explain that look on your face. We've all thought about it, right? I'm just saying, you know, a a lucky guy on that regard. But there's got to be a price, man. And and the price, perhaps, is his freaking sanity. Price times two. Yeah, price times two. And and here's here's the worst-case scenario, because they both want to be pregnant at the same time right if one gets pregnant and the other doesn't whoa you know it's over for this guy. what, what, what if, happens yeah what if one has a boy one has a girl oh, oh yeah now we've got a now problem. We're screwed yeah but it's going to be all his fault it because will. you know Don't everything is his fault everything's got to be he kind of has that look in his eye like yeah it's great but everything's my fault yeah what if one has twins and the other doesn't mm. right yeah his look on his face is you may think i'm having a good time <laughs> But I'm one it's tired pro- SOB. It's probably one of those situations where he thought it was a great idea at first. Yeah, it looked good on paper. <laughs> well, maybe the first couple of nights were yeah. great, you yeah. know? Now it's like, oh, I ate my life. Well, you know, you can't <laughs> buy happiness. See? <laughs> <laughs> Double trouble, man. Yeah. Double B words. I mean, I'm just saying, if they're a little high maintenance, then his life probably sucks. <laughs> Because he's got to hear two chicks say, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And he knows everything's not fine. Well, he also kind of has a, you know, he he, ha- he could have his tricks maybe. Like tell one of them, you got a pimple. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you got a dimple right back here that she doesn't have. I know you wouldn't notice that you don't see your butt very often, but I'm just saying. Well, no, but you just said they shower don't. together. Oh, I guess they do, yeah. Ew, that, now that's kind of creepy. Because they are sisters, man. Right. That's a little creepy. They shower with him, apparently. But still, they are sisters. Well, they must have like a, a shower like they have at like you know Gold's Gym or something. <laughs> just this huge room with a <laughs> shower head in the middle. I've never been into the showers at Gold's Gym. Yeah. Never been inside a Gold's Gym. <laughs> I, had a, I had a membership for a couple of years. You don't say. I've never been inside one, so I wouldn't know. Um, all right. Well, there, there's that guy. Two one zero. Hey, would you would you marry two twins? Get them pregnant. Two one zero five nine. Would you marry three twins? <laughs> three twins. Three. You can't have three twins. The triplets. Triplet. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. 
This is Jack Riccardi wishing you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from all of us. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Whatever's on your brain, call us up. Whatever you want to talk about, it's fine. It's Friday, man. We're just screwing off here. The boss walks by, shuffle some papers, make yourself look busy. Uh, 210-599-5555. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Can this guy and his wife stop proving what horrible pieces of crap they are? Could you just, like, maybe take a week off? He uh, emceed uh, the 2021 Ripple of Hope Award Gala. The Ripple of Hope Award Gala. Uh, last night, he was the yeah, he's a master of ceremonies. It was hosted by the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Nonprofit. He starts by saying, "Thank you for all, com- all thank you all for coming out tonight. It's it's great to be together in person." It's great to be with everyone. My wife and I have six kids. Anything to get out of the house for 30 minutes. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, poor you. How obnoxious. There's one little kid out there that doesn't have their mom at all. Freaking Alec Baldwin. I hope he feels the same way if he gets sent to jail. <laughs> yeah. You may be uh, finding out about that small space there, about uh, you know being stuck there for a little while. Anything to get away from the kids. Anything to get away from Bubba over there. Hey, Baldwin, get my tree. I kick your ass. Uh, you my little puppy now. Come here, Jack Ryan. <laughs> uh, come here, Jack Ryan. Sit on my lap. <laughs> All I can think of is that Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence movie, Life, where they're in jail, and that guy looks at Eddie Murphy and says, you going to eat all your cornbread? <laughs> Why, yes, I was. Yeah, I was going to eat all my... And he starts to mouth I'm, off. I'm, I'm Alec Baldwin. I mean, you would touch my cornbread. I'm Alec Baldwin. Next thing you know, he's getting beat up out in the <laughs> courtyard. <laughs> First time he goes, you know what? You're a selfish little... Pe- <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say to me? God. And then his uh and then his wife uh do hit the face. Not the money maker. <laughs> hey Alec, guess what? Coffee's for closers. You ain't closed nothing in a few days. <laughs> no. oh, you are an evil man. What the hell? <laughs> what? Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> oh god you are so terrible what the hell is wrong with you i don't, I don't know I, you, you know you time out you're in timeout. i'm in time out on my yeah. own show Just wheel your chair over the corner <laughs> chris you gotta you guys gotta talk without me for a few minutes we, we, next five minutes we have to do this no you actually know oh, you don't like sitting there doing nothing so you gotta stay on till two no no don't make me do that <laughs> that's my worst nightmare yeah well, and and his wife. Did you know that Alec Baldwin has PTSD? He has PTSD. I know he has DB. <laughs> he is one. PTDB is one. <laughs> no, Hilaria. And I'm going to read her tweets. Uh, because it, it's almost like she's writing in a fake Spanish accent. Mm-hmm. We oftentimes have people creating those stories about us. My husband is suffering from PSTD right now. PSTD? (laughs) (laughs) He's not from what just happened recently, but he's been, how you say, dot, 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 suffering from this for a very, very, very long time. Oh, here we go. These people know this, and they want to poke at him. (laughs) (laughs) Poke, funny word. Yeah. <laughs> Could be in his future. <laughs> stop it! Just stop. They what want to ups- They want to upset him. Listen to this. I'm at a place where I'm tired of not talking. Yeah, I don't think he ever stopped. He has PTSD. From, she's saying he has PTSD from the press. From from, from the press will poke him. They poke. <laughs> You know, I have an idea. Yes, maybe, they, maybe they would like you more if you made movies that did not suck. 
Yeah, you when's know, the last time that guy made a good movie? You know, Hunt for Red October? <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? <laughs> when is the last time? Because his movies, he did a TV show, which I never watched. 30 Rock. 30, 30 Rock. Rock. I didn't think that. I thought that was insipid. I never watched it either. He, You know, he was good. In, he was good in uh, The Departed. Mm-hmm. Because he played an a-hole. You know, <laughs> you know he was all right in Beetlejuice. Yeah, it was a lot, 100 yeah, years ago, a right? A long time ago. Working before, girl, he was in that as Before well. it all went to his head. Yeah. Well, he's good when he's a goof or just playing himself, you know, stupid. Right, being a jerk or whatever. <laughs> it just comes natural. <laughs> Listen, I'm Alec Baldwin, okay? I don't carry other people's trays, okay? Oh, you don't now. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. I own your ass for the next 40 years. Here's Richard, Richard. Oh, I got to take a break, don't I? Hey, Richard, can you hang on? Sure enough. Okay, we'll be right back. We got to take a break here in a few minutes. Just stop, just stop. Alec, could you stop acting like yourself for just a few days? Could you just stop being Alec Baldwin for a few days and consider somebody else, man? Consider the family of the woman you shot. It's just all about him, isn't it? We'll be right back. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Chicago police officers spent 3,000 hours of time costing the city well over $100,000 for a fake crime that never occurred. And by the way, a fake crime that denigrates what a real hate crime is. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yep, I agree. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Um, we're watching... Uh, <laughs> we're watch- I'm not laughing at the passing of Bob Dole, but it's the, the actual service at the National Cathedral. And so all the senators and congressmen are there, and Biden's going to be there. And they're all wearing masks except Ted Cruz. I have the MSNBC feed right in front of me. Yeah. And they've been fixated on him this whole time. Now, there are He's a couple killing others, people. There are a couple others who have removed their masks as well. But it, but at first it was Ted Cruz with the only and, one in and the they crowd. Keep, yeah, they keep showing him. They keep going back to him. But people are sitting around him. Nobody seems to care. No. It's almost as if they and know something. Right, right next to Klobuchar. Oh, he is too, right. Yeah. <laughs> God, I wonder oh, what uh, wonder what Biden's going to do this time. He's going to top yesterday's performance of reading the <laughs> message to ends. <laughs> hey, yeah, here he comes now. Oh, there comes Biden. Yeah. Uh, again, we're we're kind of watching. Let's see if we could play his remarks live. We probably should. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's an important event. Yeah, the passing of Bob Dole, and uh, I don't know when the president's going to speak, but. Why don't you guys kind of keep an eye out for that if uh, if he starts talking? Well, if the camera could take their focus off Ted Cruz for a few moments, I mean, we know he's a little extra at times, but, <laughs> but there are other people there. <laughs> but he's not wearing a man like he's killing people. I know that's yeah. what the rhetoric is going to be. Yeah, probably. He's infecting people left and right. Uh, the president shuffles in there. I wonder if they did have a meeting last night. Leave end of message out. Don't put any instructions in the message because he will read them and embarrass us again. We don't want a repeat of yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) He'll finish up his comments today. And I just want to say one more thing about Bob Dole. Do not read end of messages. Do not read end of messages. Amen, champ. I'm still thinking one of these days somebody's going to slip something in there that he's not aware of, and it's not going to be something that they want him to say. I eat boogers. Yeah, something really <laughs> something really insane like that, some unusual claim, you know. You know, when I was riding on Air Force One with Abe Lincoln, I said, Abe, we got to do something about this slavery thing. Um, 210-599-5555. Uh, I do want to talk, uh, this is just while we're waiting to see if Biden's going to say anything, and I'll take a couple calls here. Uh, Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson, we've been making fun of Matthew Dow because, well, he's a DB and an HJ. <laughs> and because uh, he, he dropped out of the lieutenant, race for lieutenant governor, uh, by his own words, to make way uh, 
for uh, you know candidates of color. Uh, quote, I do not want to be the one who stands in the way of the greater diversity we need in politics. And uh, so Mayor Eric Johnson, who is a black guy, tweets this. I'm confused and a little disturbed by the reasoning here. Campaigns are precisely for the purpose of selecting the best candidate. It seems my friend is saying that Democratic primary voters are incapable of nominating women and minorities if there's a white man on the ballot? (laughs) If this is in fact the case, then shame on the Democratic primary voters who are incapable of voting for women and minority candidates if presented with a white male alternative. But for white male candidates to stop running as Democrats to, quote, give us a chance feels wrong to me. He, He tweets some more. The problem is not white men running for office. The problem is the 800-pound gorilla in the room, which is the racism within the Democratic Party that many pretend doesn't exist. So the solution isn't folks like Dowd, quote-unquote, yielding to candidates of color. It's addressing the racism 100%. Boom, shakalaka, drop the mic, man. That's all, that's right, that's what it is right there. When you say that you have to drop out of the race, what you're saying is a black guy can't win as long as I'm running. Because you're stupid. That's why they need the kid. That's why you you can't require them to have photo IDs to vote because you're stupid. There is an inherent, of course, an a hole like Matthew Dowd would never think that deeply, but that's that's precisely what's going on. If if you want to ask me what I think. The racist in the room is almost always going to be the Democrat. They just wrap their racism in this sanctimonious bullcrap about fighting racism. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Richard, how you doing? Hey, Sean, pretty good, pretty good. I, I want to say bravo to Bob Dole and to Ted Cruz. And uh, now what I called about was the other end of the human scale, Alex Baldwin. Uh, I hate to mention all three of them in one sentence, but... Mm. Uh, Alex Baldwin is has been the over the last month or so is the biggest jerk I think I've ever seen on TV or heard talk. And now on top of all of his other shortcomings, he's a glory thief. When he starts talking about PTSD, oh God, uh, I know a little bit about PTSD. I avoided it. I had great family, great friends, great. Army buddies, stuff like that, and most of us got through it. Right. Two of them didn't, and they ended up uh, taking their own lives. And uh, so, w- when you talk about PTSD and Alex Baldwin, <laughs> it's absurd. I just the guy, the guy cannot. How much more subhuman can he become? I don't know. He's working hard on it. He's working real hard at it. Got it. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you for your service, Richard, as usual. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that, that's the part. When his wife started saying he has PTSD, can we not just sling that 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 around like it's something you get when you're just on a bummer? You know what I mean? Have you noticed that you hear that more and more, that people who are not people, who folks who served in combat now suddenly get PTSD? And they need service animals. Is Alec going to get a service animal? So it really is damned insulting. He's got PTSD. Yeah, that'll be a jackass. Tasmanian devil. Tasmanian devil. You know, I mean, he has PTSD because he's hounded by the press. That's what she said. What a freaking joke, man. Sam wants to talk about the twins. Sam, how you doing? Good morning, Senor Arriaga. Hey, um, I was just wondering, You earlier earlier, earlier this morning you said that that person is the luckiest man on earth or something like that? Well, in a sense, maybe. This is a, what are you talking about? Last wondering. hour we were talking about uh, a, an Australian pair of twins who are really hot, and they're marrying one guy. Right. Okay. So I was just wondering, do they have a cot there at KTSA that you're going to be sleeping on the next couple of days? Oh. Mrs. Ariaga hears that. Mrs. is not going to hear that. No, she's at work. She's not going to hear that. Oh, no. she's not going to hear that. No. 
you hope nobody tells her about it. No. Or the podcast. Or the podcast. The KTSA.com. Chris. Sean Rima page. Chris. <laughs> All right. Hey, thanks, Sam. Hey, brother, you have a great day. Right. You too, man. Thank you. I didn't say that I wanted to marry a pair of twins. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just said we've all had that thought, haven't we? Some of you guys have actually pulled that one off. <laughs> oh, right. Me? Nah, it never came my way. Nope, it was all I could do to screw up one person's life at a time. So it's <laughs> screwing up two people's life at a time <laughs> would have been a bit much to ask, okay? I did double up on occasion in that sense, in that, uh, you know, I got uh, one person over here and one person over there, but never in the same room. I like what George Carlin said about it. I don't what? remember that. Like, I never dated a 10, but I did once date two fives. <laughs> two fives. Like, I think that should count. <laughs> Yeah, for two one zero five nine, that that ship has sailed in my life. That's that's all you know. Two one zero. My wife is out there going, "You damn right, punk ass." Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Again, it's uh, it's we're just kind of playing it fast and loose on a Friday. So whatever in the hell you feel like talking about, while well, you just give old Sean a little old call, you just give old Sean a little old ringy dingy. We'll talk about whatever you want. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It is Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk five fifty KTSA and FM one zero seven one. And we're back. Newstalk five fifty KTSA. Twenty minutes after ten. I'm Sean. Hi. It's Freeform Friday, which. Uh, means you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Whatever's in your brain. Here's Charles. Charles, how you doing? Afternoon, Mr. Sean. Or yeah. morning, Mr. Sean. What morning. Did I say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm experiencing Christmas in Miami. In other words, it's too warm for it to be Christmas here. Mm. But anyway, getting to the point. If I'm not mistaken, former President Trump can't be on Facebook because they took him off because he's too vulgar. But yet, these little girls that made uh, seven of them, from what I understand, made an explicit pornography film uh, at Warren High School in the Northside District, in really? your district where you live. I don't know if you've heard about that. I had It's running around on Facebook all over. Yeah, they did catch them and came out on the news. I don't think they're going to charge them, though. They're just talking to the parents, and I'm asking myself, all right, here President Trump can't be on Facebook, but these little girls, and it's going all over the place. It's on Facebook. Well, you see all kinds of crap on Facebook that – you know, you're like that's on fate that they allow that, but Trump, yeah. Trump, they had to kick Trump off, right? No, I mean yeah. I'll look into the story. I haven't heard about the story about the kids, but yeah, I, I see stuff all the I time. Bring it up. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't down. I'd read the story because if you possess it, it's child pornography. Oh, right. From what I understand, I, I, I know. I guess I know it would some be of the officials down there. They said it was explicit. It oh, was explicit. God. And it was done on school grounds. Oh, God. And they were posting it on Facebook? Yes, sir. It's running around all over the place. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, that would that would be illegal to look at. Yes, but President Trump's bad. Remember that. <laughs> Orange man bad. Oh, Orange man. I, I forgot to tell you, Jesse Smollett is gay. Okay? okay He's gay? Yeah. Nobody told yeah. me Jesse Smollett is gay. He's yeah. gay? There, man. All right, man, Have thanks. A great weekend. You too, man, you too. Jesse Smollett. What a punk, man. Yeah, what would Martin Luther King think of that? <laughs> well, now you're a convicted felon, uh, uh, Jesse. Maybe you and Alec will be cellmates. Celebrity cellmates. Tonight on Celebrity Cellmates. <laughs> you know, but don't you, you know, do you think he's going to go to jail? Do you think Jesse, I mean, he, he's not going to go to jail. If I were convicted of five felonies, I would go to jail. I would go to jail. Jesse Smollett, not, I, I guarantee he's not going to jail. Because there, there, whether we like it or not, okay, there is a, celebrities. I don't even low rent celebrities like this punk live in a different world than you and I live in. Yeah, that's true. They and, really do, man. And he's got a really good team of lawyers. He's got great yeah. freaking lawyers. So he'll just get off with some community service. I'm sure. Probably, you know. Uh, 
Here's some bleach. We want you to do the. Uh, we're gonna yeah. work on this launch. Make him do some sensitivity training. Right. You know. I just. How do you? How do you come up with something like that? I just. Don't, how do you come up with something like that in your mind as something to do? And you really genuinely believe you're that smart that no one's going to figure it out. Right. I mean, when you've got that many parties involved. You He's know, got he two gets, other dudes involved, and they're brothers. Yeah, and you know, he didn't pay them all that much. And so, and you've got cameras everywhere. There are know? security cameras in, just, uh, in, a, in a major city. They're everywhere. And, and here's the thing about police officers, because I'm sure they totally underestimated the, the investigative abilities of the police department in that town. Right. They're actually a lot smarter than you when it comes to things like this. Yes. They've seen it all. They've investigated it all. And I'm sure when they walked in and saw what was going on, they their first indication was, okay, well, you know, we have to go through the proper procedures here, but something stinks. And so yeah. we're going to get to the bottom of this. And sure enough, it was within a day or two that we started hearing all of this other stuff. Where yeah. It just, just didn't add up. Well, and the, the original story didn't make any stinking sense. Not at all. Not middle at all. Of night on, in the middle of winter. He's going to a subway or He's something. He's going to a subway, and two mega hat-wearing white dudes are just roaming the streets of Chicago yeah. in the middle of the night. Looking for trouble. Looking to mess up a black gay guy. Who just happens to be on a TV show. Who just happens to be on a TV show. The one they happen to find. Because my thought is, were they going up to people and asking them if they were gay? Because how would you know if you know, this? Oh, that dude walking down the street is gay, right? You know, and it just it smelled bad from the from day one, and it's been kind of pathetic watching him just maintain. See, if if I I, I wouldn't have any respect for him, but I think it would have gone better for him if at some point he he have just said, "Yeah, I did, I did it, I faked it." Right. Just fess up, man. Ended quick. Yeah. Because the more he denies, the, the more he says he's innocent. And the more we learn about how not innocent he is, mm-hmm. the more pathetic he looks. Well, you know, sometimes the law works like your mom used to work when you would try to pass one by your mom. And the right. longer the longer you would hold the truth from her, the more pissed off she'd get. Right, because you know, she knows you're full of crap. Exactly. And the same thing to happen over a year now that he's been telling right. this story. And the only person who didn't believe it, the only person that did believe it, I mean, is him. Right. You know, everybody else was just what we don't get. Anybody who who can add two and two can see that this is right. not on the up and up at all. I used to have those conversations with my, with my mom. Yeah, you know, like how uh, that work out for Sean, you, Sean? Have you been drinking? No, no, it's just some cough syrup. You get a cold. <coughs> Sean, have you been drinking? No, no, I took some cough syrup. It's allergies. It's allergies. That's why my eyes are red. That's why my eyes are red. I found the night quill you had underneath the. <laughs> Kitchen cabinet there, and I just took a little swig. That's all. Just a little swig, man. Just, just something swig. to take the edge of this cold. <laughs> no, I've not been drinking. Totally <laughs> tober. Totally tober. It's like you know the famous joke. Uh, no, officer, I'm not on drugs. But would you please stop melting? I do. You know, <laughs> the first time I ever caught one of my kids sneaking in after they've had mm-hmm. a couple. I mean, it was like I'm stupid, right? Right. I've been on my own since I was 16 years old. Right. You know? And so I'm sitting, you know, he comes walking in, and he's very communicative all of a sudden. You know, and he, <laughs> he just wants to talk a blue streak. I'm like, you're drunk, aren't you? <laughs> he wants to talk a blue streak. It's a good sign. You know, he, he, he rarely says two words to me at right. any given day. All of a sudden, he wants to talk about everything. Yeah. A telltale sign that oh, yeah. he knocked back a couple of Miller highlights with his buddies. Yeah. I know all about it. I bet you do. Well, I just tell my daughter, don't do anything I would. Yeah. That's pretty much my <laughs> advice to her. Right. Two get, one zero. Get the president getting up to speak here. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and take a break then. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. The president is speaking at Bob Dole's uh, funeral. Let's go ahead and take a listen. Bob didn't hate government. Knew the people needed it most and the people most in need. He wanted government to work. To work for folks like him. Who came up the hard way. Just give everybody a chance, Joe. Just a chance. During the Depression... 
Bob's parents moved into the basement of their three-room, not three-bedroom, their three-room home in Russell, Kansas, so they could rent out, quote, the upstairs. Bob understood hardship. He had known hardship, and he never, he never forgot it. He never forgot the people as well who sent him to Washington, people from Russell and from Kansas. Bob was a man who always did his duty, who lived by a code of honor. Almost seems strange to say that today, but he lived by a code of honor, and he meant it. Just as his colleagues, Republican and Democrat, looked at him, I think they saw him the same way I did. Just ask any who served with him at the time. Bob Dole fit my dad's description. He said, you must be a man of your word. Without your word, you're not a man. Bob Dole was a man of his word. He loved his country which he served his whole life. The Bible tells us, to whom much is given, much is expected. And Bob Dole, for all his hardship, believed he'd been given the greatest gift of all. He was an American. He was an American. And he felt it. Let's be honest. Bob Dole was always honest, sometimes to a fault. <laughs> he once endured the wrath of his fellow Republicans when there was a legitimate fight going on to defund Amtrak. Now, I've traveled over a million, two hundred thousand miles on Amtrak because I commuted every single day. It came time for literally the deciding vote, the deciding vote on whether we're going to defund Amtrak and he cast the vote against his party, deciding to keep funding Amtrak. And obviously, you might guess, he was asked, why? Why would you do that? He said, it's the best way to get Joe Biden the hell out of here at night so he's not home in the morning. <laughs> Excuse my language. Well, true story. Absolutely true story. God, I love the guy. As I said, he was always honest. But Bob relished a good political fight, as much as anybody I've ever served with in the 36 years I was in the Senate. And Bob gave as good or better than he got. He was a proud Republican. He chaired his party. He led its caucus in the United States Senate. And he bore the banner as its nominee for Vice President and President of the United States. He could be partisan, and that was fine. Americans have been partisan since Jefferson and Hamilton squared off in George Washington's cabinet. But like them, Bob Dole was a patriot. He was a patriot. And here's what his patriotism teaches us, in my view. As Bob Dole himself wrote at the end of his life, and I quote him, I cannot pretend that I have not been a loyal champion of my party, but I've always served my country best when I did so first and foremost as an American. End of quote. First and foremost as an American. That was Bob Dole. Liddy, that was your husband, that was your dad. Always as an American. He understood that we're all part of something much bigger than ourselves. And he really did, I felt. He really understood it. And a compromise isn't a dirty word. It's a cornerstone of democracy. Consensus is required in a democracy, to get anything done. That's how you get things done. Again, listen to Bob Dole's words, not mine. 
I'm quoting him again. I learned that it's difficult to get anything done unless you can compromise. Not your principles, but your willingness to see the other side. Those who suggest, those who suggest that compromise is a sign of weakness misunderstand the fundamental strength of democracy. End of quote. In his final days, Bob made it clear that he was deeply concerned about the threat to American democracy, not from foreign nations, but from the division tearing us apart from within. And this soldier reminded us, and I quote, too many of us have sacrificed too much in defending freedom from foreign adversaries to allow our democracy to crumble in a state under a state of infighting that grows more unacceptable day by day. Grows more unacceptable day by day. He wrote this when he knew his days were numbered in small numbers. My fellow Americans, Taps is now sounding for this soldier of America. Forged in war, tested by adversity. Taps is now sounding for this patriot, driven by a sense of mission, to give back to the land that gave everything to him, for which he nearly gave his all. Taps is now sounding for this giant of our time, and of all time. We're bidding this great American farewell, but we know as long as we keep his spirit alive, as long as we see each other not as enemies, but as neighbors and colleagues, as long as we remember that we're here not to tear down, but to build up, as long as we remember that, and taps will never sound for Bob Dole. For Bob will be with us always, cracking a joke, moving a bill, finding common ground. In his final message to the nation, Bob said that whenever he started a new journey, whenever he started a new journey, the first thing he would do, and I quote, sit back and watch for a few days, then start standing up for what he thought was right, end of quote. Bob was taking his final journey. He's sitting back now watching us. Now it's our job to start standing up for what's right for America. I salute you, my friend. Your nation salutes you. And I believe the words of the poet R.G. Ingersoll when he described heroism better fit you than anyone I know. And Ingersoll wrote the following. When the will defies fear, when duty throws the gauntlet down to fate, when honor scorns to compromise with death, that is heroism. The flights of angels, things that sing thee to thy rest, Bob. God bless Bob Dole. God bless America. And may God protect our troops. Okay. He's such a dynamic speaker, isn't he? Uh, 210-599-5555. Uh, we'll take a break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. Hey, this is David Van Camp wishing you a Merry Christmas from everyone here at News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Final few moments of the show. So whatever you'd like to talk about, 
please do give us a ring at 210-599. I don't know why I'm talking like that. 210-599-5555. You Let us know what's on your mind. I guess really one of the bigger stories is the Jesse Smollett story. Uh, that he is uh, convicted on five out of six counts of lying to the police. And still maintains his innocence. He plans to appeal. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, 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 I don't really get it, because we've talked enough about Jesse Smollett. I mean, if you got some thoughts, it's fine. And we'll talk to Steve here in a second. But this whole phenomenon of faking hate crimes against yourself is one of the most embarrassing aspects of, of life in America in the year 2021. Is it not? And this started predominantly with uh, with Trump because they were just desperate to make him into a racist, desperate to make his followers into racists. So just a handful of decades after the uh, after the civil rights movement, you know, you got people faking race crimes against themselves. That's classy, man. Here's Steve. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well, sir. What are you thinking? We have a we have a, uh, a shortage of everything right now. I mean, go to the grocery store. Everything is in short supply, including racism. <laughs> so the Democrats take it upon themselves to supplement the shortages of racism. They need racism. Oh, yeah. There's not enough to go around, so they have to make it up. But I was calling about the uh, fraudulent President Bar- uh, uh, Brandon speech. <laughs> it, I, it's very it's, From this day forward, it's going to be very, very difficult for me to respect the office of the presidency, knowing that the country is willing to put, accept someone who cheated, who stole the election, and, and put him in office when he's a bumbling, stumbling, lying, plagiarist, corrupt fool, and they're willing to accept that. They're willing to to uh, uh, put uh, a Barack, the likes of Barack Hussein Obama into mm. the office twice, which in my opinion will always be he was never qualified to run for the presidency, and they were also somewhat willing to install a corrupt, lying, cheating, miserable old hag like Hillary Rodden Clinton yeah. into that office, and they want me to respect the office of the presidency. Very <laughs> difficult for me to do from this day forward. It is tough, you know, because uh, most of them aren't worthy of the office. And, uh, you know, listening to Biden talk about corruption is is a joke. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a joke. There was something really pathetic about listening to him talking about Bob Dole uh, and talking about, uh, you know, compromise is the cornerstone of, of uh, democracy. These are not people who compromise. I, I can't believe the Dole family would allow somebody of his character to give a eulogy at, at, at Bob Dole's uh, funeral. It's just, again, I'm dumbfounded by it. Yeah. And going forward, it's going to be very difficult to respect that office when when the Democrats and apparently half the country doesn't respect it enough to put someone of good character, good honor, someone who's eligible, truly eligible, right. and someone who's not a corrupt, lying old hag, miserable old hag. Right. That office. I agree, man. Steve, it's always a pleasure, man. I appreciate the call. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend. You too, brother. You too. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Yeah, you know, it's watching Biden talk. And for, you know, well done, Joe. See, the bar is so low for that guy that they're just happy he got through it, right? After yesterday, when he, when he read end of message... But listening to him prattle on about sacrifice and heroism and fighting corruption, it just makes you want to vomit, man. Here's Brad. Brad, how you doing? Hey, how you doing, Sean? It's Pretty, a great day. Yeah. Um, Bob Dole, I was I was not really a big fan of his. I, I voted for Clinton in 96. Right. Although I think Bob Dole had a lot of – that was the year that he made that phrase, you know, where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? Right about all the stuff that the shenanigans the Clintons had pulled off. And uh, there was no outrage, really. It was kind of like accepted. You know, well, that's Bill and Hillary. That's the way they work. Mm. But um, as somebody pointed out earlier, I think when Reagan died, somebody noted the surest way to get progressives and liberals to speak good and wonderful and sweet praise stuff about any kind of conservative or Republican is to wait for that conservative Republican dude 
to die. And then Pretty they much. show up to mourn and say, oh, he was a great guy. He was my best buddy. We hung out together. And yet you look at the record, uh, you know, especially when him or, for that matter, McCain ran for president, man, the daggers came out. And, man, they were just savage and brutal. Yeah. And, and a lot of criticism was probably fair. But I just can't stand the hypocrisy of saying, Oh, I always loved the guy, and oh yeah, the and they're always trying to—they're always trying to mess each other up. And you know, when they're yeah, you're right. That's a very the only way to get a liberal to talk glowingly about a conservative is that guy's got to die. It's it's absolutely true, absolutely true, man. All right, thanks for the call. Two, uh, I've got about a minute here. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. That's why a lot of these things are just kind of noxious to me. Because it's not like a guy like Joe Biden thought much of Bob Dole while while they were working together. Uh, you know, and, uh, uh, listening, but politicians in general giving memorial speeches and eulogies is just one of the most obnoxious things in the world in general, man, you know, cause they are, they're so full of crap. But again, he got through it, right, Chris? He didn't read any instructions like, okay, now it says to walk away. He got through it. And, and for a guy like, uh, uh, Joe, that's the best you can hope for, right? All right, have a great weekend. Thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer. Don Morgan and my good brother, Trey Ware. I'll see you Tuesday, taking Monday off. Uh, spread the love. Don't be a jerk. Have a great weekend. Bye. And the message said, end of message.